Welcome to the Crosswalk Church Podcast, Phoenix, Arizona. In it for the long haul. I know today's Valentine's Day, and I've got my Valentine's Day shirt on and, and all that, but I want you to know that I'm not going to focus just on romantic love today. We're going to focus just on people and on relationships, okay? But before that, in it for the long haul, I want to tell you a little story. I want to tell you about the longest haul that I ever made, okay? And it's a true story. So about five years ago, I was moving from Arizona to Wisconsin to become a high school Spanish teacher. And my friend Ben flew down from Wisconsin to drive the giant Penske moving truck attached with a a car trailer. And so we get out on the first day, we get through Flagstaff, and it's gorgeous. It's about 75 degrees in the summer. We're loving life. We get into New Mexico. That's where the adventure begins. So we're, we're going along, having a great time, reminiscing about the past, talking a, a, about memories, telling jokes. We've got some music on. You know, we're singing loud to the Dixie Chicks. I mean, Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam. We're listening to Pearl Jam. Uh, and people that are, are coming by the road, they're, they're, even, they're even like maybe we're popular some because they're waving at us and they're honking and they're pointing. And we're, we're thinking, man, we're pretty good looking guys or something, you know, and pointing back at them and... No, no, our our egos went down when we realized that they were pointing at our trailer, which the wheel was about to fall off. It 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 had bent and it was malfunctioned. And we were so engrossed in singing wide open spaces that that we didn't notice this huge billowing cloud of smoke behind us. So so finally we pull over. We wait for about four hours for the AAA guys to come. So they weld the wheel back on. So we're like, great, you know, a great start. Uh, well, well, we'll make it through, though. Let's, let's gut it out to Texas. So we get to Texas, and we're thinking, okay, we had our one little hiccup in the trip. We make it to Texas. We get to a hotel room, and uh, we've got this huge truck and trailer, right? And, and there's no room to park it in the lot. So the receptionist says, I'll go ahead, park it in the field right across the street. We own it. And I said, great, sounds good. So I park my huge truck and trailer there, and, and it's in the, it's in the uh, field, and, and uh, we eat some dinner, go to bed, and I wake up the next morning, and I stretch. We get up early to get a good start, and, and I got a big smile on my face because I look outside, and it's raining. And, you know, in, in Arizona, we don't get much rain except for this past month, but, you know, and I love rain. I'm like, this is great. You know, I'm going to Wisconsin. There's going to be a lot of rain there, too. I love the rain. And then my smile turned down into a frown when I realized that when you park in a field and it rains, that dirt turns to mud. And, and that's not really good at getting your, your truck and your trailer out of, of there. So, uh, so I go down and I talk to the receptionist and she was really help, uh, helpful in letting me park there, but wasn't helpful in getting me out. So I did what any guy would do is I started that truck up and I said, I'm going to gun it out of here. And so, you know, slammed on that accelerator. And I did so well that I got another six inches into the mud. So um, so it was really good. So that's it. I'm going to call a tow truck, okay? So I called a tow truck. He came out, assessed the situation. He said, yeah, I can get you out for $125. And I said, 125 bucks to pull me 10 feet? You know, I know you're not supposed to mess with Texas, but I was about to right there because I was just, I was mad, 125 bucks. So, so he said, are we going to wait here all day or am I going to pull your truck out? So I said, fine, you know? So I, I give him the 125 bucks. We get back on the road. Oh, all right, second hit cup. We get into Oklahoma. Ben, who was driving the truck, forgot to tell me that when a guy cut him off, he gave him one of these dirty looks, one of these, what are you doing, you know? 
So the guy didn't really like that very much and pulled in front of us and gave us one of those brake checks, you know. And then he boxed us in right by a semi-truck for about 50 miles. That was really nice. That was great. So now we make it all the way through uh, Missouri without any problems. God bless Missouri. We get five miles into the Illinois border, border, and I had it. What happened was, again, the same wheel on the trailer broke. Same wheel on the trailer broke. So I'm weaving in and out of traffic. Oh, no. So I get over the side of the road. I called Penske, and I said, you know what? That's it. I'm leaving the trailer on the side of the road. I'm taking my car. Ben's driving my truck. We're going to the rest of the way to Wisconsin. So we buy a big cup of coffee and a cigar each. Don't know why a cigar. We thought that would keep us awake. And we drive all the way to Wisconsin. We get to his grandparents' house, and to, to end the story, it's great. You know, his family's all there. But we didn't realize when he got a lot of people, there's not a lot of places to sleep. We couldn't even sleep on the floor. So we ended up having to share a twin bed in basically like this closet. And Ben's about 6'3", 220. Not a good way to end a road trip. That was a long haul. It was a really long haul. And there's a reason I tell that story. But before I get into that, I want you to pull out your bulletins again. And I want to read something for you. Sometimes if you notice... About today's worship, we always have a little paragraph, and I'm going to read that for you today. So you can follow along with me. It says this It says, Some of you may be huge fans of Valentine's Day, while others may make joke about those people. Whether or not you like Valentine's Day doesn't change the fact that we all have people we love and care about in our lives, be it romantic or platonic relationships, and we know how hard it can be to love them at times, don't we? Today we'll all We'll talk about what lasting love looks like and how you can get motivated to be in it for the long haul in your relationships. Now, I'm the first one to admit I've been on both sides of the coin for Valentine's Day. I've been the guy who's loved it, and I've been the guy doing this sound to people who uh, celebrate it. You know, the old, you know, like rolling your eyes, okay? Whether you like this day or not, we all have people in our lives that we care about. We all have people that we love. And I guarantee that at times, it's difficult to love those people, isn't it? At times, love can be a long haul, just like that trip I had to Wisconsin. It can be a really long haul. At times, things break in a relationship, don't they? Like that wheel. At times, we get stuck in the mud, and that mud in life might be lies, it might be selfishness, it might be pride. And at times, other people box us in and get in the way of our relationship, like that angry driver that boxed me in. Love can be a really, really long haul, can't it? But you know, today we're going to look at a text here that talks about God's love for the Israelites way back then and God's love for us today. And it's a beautiful story that not a lot of people know about in the Bible because, frankly, it's a little messy. But let's go to the book of Hosea. Get out your crosswalk notes. Get out your Bibles. And let's read this. Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 and 5. It says this. The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will live with you. 
For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or idol. Afterward, the Israelites will turn and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. Now, I want you to fill in some of these lines here to give you a little context of the situation. Hosea was a prophet, basically a a man sent to talk for God, okay? And he did this in about 8th century B.C., which was about uh, 750 years before Christ came. Long time ago, right? And I want to tell you what the situation was like in Israel. In Israel at the time, there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was Israel, or Ephraim. The southern kingdom was Judah. And Hosea was the only prophet in the Bible sent to the northern kingdom. The situation was this. There was idol worship. The people of Israel, who were God's chosen people, had turned their back on God and had started worshiping a false god called Baal. And part of this worship involved human sacrifice and involved even a a type of worshipful prostitution, which was a way to to ask Baal to make them and their, their flocks and their fields fertile. Okay, So the Israelites had basically turned on God. They had cheated on him. And now in the text, we talk about a wife. We hear about a wife, don't we? And her name is Gomer. Okay, not saying it's the greatest name, but that's her name, Gomer. And uh, Gomer was one of these temple prostitutes. One of these people who would participate in the Baal worship, and she was one of these temple prostitutes. And she actually, in chapter 1... God commanded Hosea to go after a woman like her and marry her. And then we get to chapter 3 and we see that she cheated on him. She goes back to her life of prostitution. She has multiple children from from, uh, multiple men. And here in chapter 3 we see God says, Go show yourself to your wife and love her. Not just take her back, love her. Now, God did this as a tangible way of showing the Israelites how much he loved them. That although they turned their back on him, although that they cheated on him, he would proactively go out and love them. And that's the message he says to you and I today. Okay? It's a tangible way of doing that. Now, you might think that Gomer was a pretty nasty person. But let's talk about the Israelites. Let's talk about them. Here's a people who God chose and loved from day one, brought them up out of Egypt, loved and cared about them. And the second that they got, they turned their back on him and they rubbed shoulders with the enemy. And they followed false gods and they got involved in all this different type of religion. Let's look at our next verse in our crosswalk notes to explain the situation. Hosea 6.4, it says right there, What can I do with you, Ephraim, which is Israel? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Boy, that type of love isn't lasting, is it? If your love is like the morning mist, if your love is like the morning dew, and that's the love the Israelites had for God. Sure, God was great when he was doing nice things for them, and then as soon as any trouble came up, as soon as they saw something better, their love was like the morning mist. Let's look at our next verse here. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. The Israelites also had a problem of riding the fence. 
You see, what they would do is during the day, they would offer sacrifices to God. And then at night, they'd wandered over to the Canaanite camp, the pagan camp. And then they would participate in this temple prostitution and in human sacrifice. And this was happening even 100 years before Hosea. That's when Elijah's speaking. So nothing has changed, really. And basically, Elijah and God are fed up. They're saying, make your decision. If you're going to follow Baal, follow him. If you're going to follow me, follow me. God even told the Israelites in Hosea that don't bring me those, those flocks and those herds to offer sacrifices because I know at night you're just going to go over to the Baal camp and prostitute yourselves. I don't want anything from you. Now, you might see that the Israelites were pretty nasty people in a, in a bad situation, but I want you to actually to, to look at ourselves, right? Are you like me in the fact that when you read these verses about love like a morning mist, like the early dew that disappears and about riding the fence, have you been guilty of that sometimes? I know I have. I know that there's been certain temptations in my life that I've clung to that made my love for God disappear like the morning mist. Have you had situations in your life where you chose time or you chose money or you chose popularity or you chose other things over someone that you love and you abandoned that person or it was too difficult to love them it was too hard there were there were too much of a, of a case to love them so you gave up on them so your love was nothing more like the the morning dew on the ground that gets evaporated by the sun i know i've been guilty of that and what about riding sides one foot in both camps You know, the Israelites, they were really good verbally committing to God and saying that they loved him, and then their actions would not show the same thing. How often do we do that? How often do we say, honey, I do love you, and then our actions show that we don't? How often do we say, mom, I really care about you, and then our actions show that we don't? How often, whatever the relationship is, our words say one thing and our actions say another. Are we willing to choose sides and take a stand? How weak are we sometimes to choose the things God wants, but rather we choose the things that we want? Now, I want to tell you this. How awesome is it that God's love for us isn't like Gomer's love, and it's not like the Israelites' love, and it's not like our love? God's love is lasting, and God's love chooses sides. He chose you. That's the side that he chose. And he shows us that here with Gomer's situation, that Hosea loved her even when she was unlovable. And that's the love God has for us. So our first point is this. Our first point is God says that true love lasts and does choose sides when necessary. So are we going to say, are we going to say, you know what, I'm going to take this struggle, this temptation in my life, whatever it is. And it could be like the Israelites, a sexual temptation for you, or it could be something different. I'm going to take that and I'm going to reduce the fuel to the fire by getting myself away from the situation. And by that, I could mean choosing sides. Because a lot of times the immediate reward in those temptations is what draws us, right? And we don't see the benefit. But if we keep sowing good seed, we keep putting good things in there, we know if we choose the right side, God will bless it, don't we? And we know that he'll give us the strength to do that. All right, what I want us to do now 
is I want us to look back to verses 1 and 2 real quick of this text, where it says God is is telling Hosea to go back to his wife, telling Hosea to to go and, and reconcile with her and to love her again, even though that she had cheated on, right? And I know that when some of you read this word sacred raisin cakes, you kind of did like me, like, what? Like sacred, what, what, what's going on there? A lot of times in the Old Testament, I find myself doing that, like, like weird stuff's going on and I don't understand it. Well, I had the, the fortune of sitting down with a pastor who knew a lot about this. And I tell you, when he told me about it, it A, made the sin of the Israelites even greater, but B, made the love of God even greater. Let me paint the picture for you. I'll try to be not too graphic, but I'm going to be honest. A lot of times we think that certain sins today are worse than they were back then. Like, you know, with the Internet, we think that, oh, with pornography and whatnot, sexual sins are way worse than in the past. Let me tell you about what life was like for a shrine prostitute back in the day. You would go, someone would go and uh, meet one of these prostitutes out in the open. And as they were having intercourse, they would be praying to Baal out loud. And asking Baal for fertility for themselves and their flocks and their fields. And now, this wasn't a private thing. Bunch of people would gather around and, and watch this going on. And then they'd bring these raisin cakes. And they'd dedicate them to Baal. And they'd start eating them as they watched this act happen. And the best way I can describe it is like us eating popcorn at a movie. Something entertaining is going on. Something that our eyes like. And they were just popping those raisin cakes in. Now, I want you to think about this. Imagine that if you saw your wife, your husband, your friend, your mom, whoever you have a relationship with, who's ever close to you, you saw them doing that. And it wasn't their first time either. That was a situation that God called Hosea into to go to buy her back and not just take her back, but to love her. To love her. To love the unlovable. To love the unfaithful. To love her when she was at her worst. And I want you to know this. God loves you that way. No matter what you think you've done, no matter what you think you've committed in the past, God loves you that way. No matter how unlovable you think you are, God had this picture of Hosea happen to show you he cares about you. And I want to show you a couple of verses to prove that. On the back page of your crosswalk notes, you'll see Psalm 103, verse 10. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. How great is it that God's love is not reactive like our love a lot of times? A lot of times, who do we care about and love? Those who love us. God doesn't repay us for the wrong we've done. He doesn't even love us for the good that we do. He loves us because he is love. He loves us because we're his children. He loves us because. God's love is not reactive. It's proactive. It's a love that goes and finds us. It's a love that doesn't base on on how much we love him. And I'll show you the the, the ultimate example is the next verse here. Romans 5, 6 to 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. 
But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, Hosea loved Gomer when she was at her worst. And when did Jesus love us? When we were at our worst. He didn't die for noble people. He didn't die for a great worthy cause. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus' love is proactive, not reactive. Let's love the people in our lives that way. Let's love the people in our lives, not based on how they make us feel, but just loving them for who they are, human beings, children of God, people in our relationships. And we draw that by looking how God loved us. So our second point here is that true love for the long haul, whatever relationship you're in, is not reactive, but proactive. Now, I might contradict myself a little bit here because the Bible does says this. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. That sounds pretty reactive to me, doesn't it? We love because God first loved us. So I want to tell you this. In order for us to be proactive, really, we have to react first. We have to be reactive to God loving us. Because if you think that you're going to leave here today and say, you know what, it's Valentine's Day. I'm going to go and I'm going to show someone I really love them. And you don't draw it back on God, you're going to fall short very quickly. But if we look back to verses like this and say, boy, God loved me when I was at my worst. God loved me like Hosea loved Gomer. I can do that for someone else. So when my wife or my husband is yelling at me or we're not getting along, I can love them no matter how they're treating me. When my kid's acting up, I can love him or I can love her because God loves me as his child. It's an amazing freedom you can have when you love proactively instead of reactively. And again, we can love that way because God first loved us. We draw our love from him. What an awesome thing that is. And to reinforce that, I want to go straight to our third point. Okay, we'll go back to the verses, but I want to go straight to our third point. And this might solidify it for you. True love in it for the long haul is not based on what, but is based on why. True love in it for the long haul is not based on what, but is based on why. Let me explain myself. Go, go to your two verses above where it says Hosea 6.6. 6. This is what God says. I desire mercy, which means faithful love, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. The Israelites did a lot of sacrifices to God, a lot of killing of animals, grain offerings, oil offerings. I mean, God commanded them to offer sacrifices to him. Do you think God really cared about the actual physical things? Do you think he really cared about the animal parts or about the grain or about the oil? What does it say here? He wanted their faithful hearts, didn't he? He didn't care about the what. He wanted the why to be there. The Israelites had the what down. They would offer sacrifices all the time. But the why in their hearts wasn't there. And it was evident by what they did over at Baal worship, right? Focus on the why and not the what. And you know what's funny is that if we really focus on the why, the motivation for why we do things, the motivation for why we love people, the what takes care of itself, doesn't it? Think about this. Have you ever gotten a gift from a little kid? 
A little kid draws you a picture. And the cost of it, let's just be honest, it's pretty ugly, okay? You know, it's got it's disproportioned bodies and, you know, it, it's, it's an ugly picture. But you know why that little kid drew you that picture. So that thing is gold to you. It doesn't matter what it is. You know the why behind it. And today's Valentine's Day. Maybe you got gifts. Maybe you received gifts. I really want you to focus on the why someone gave you that gift or the why you're giving that gift instead of the what. And I guarantee the what will be precious to you if the why is there. Gomer, Hosea's wife, was really focused on the what. It tells us in the book of Hosea that her lovers lured her away from her husband with expensive jewelry, with fine food. Boy, it seems like times haven't changed too much. She focused on the what rather than the why. She focused on the cost rather than the value. Because those things cost a lot, but what were their value? A one-night stand? Kids without a father? Not a lot of value was there. But what was the value in her husband? A guy who led her back to the Lord. A guy who wouldn't give up on her. A guy who would, who would love her and take her back after she was part of this shrine prostitution, right? That was the value. Look at the value in things instead of the cost. Things might cost a lot in relationships, but really look at what, what is the why. What is the value behind that? Okay? And our next verse here, Isaiah 29, 13. These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. A lot of times we can give lip service, can't we? Lip service and say, hey, you know, I love you, but my actions don't show it. And that's what the Israelites were like. That's what the Israelites were like. All right, now talking about cost and value, I want to bring up for our last point. In relationships, and we're talking about emotions, you know what I find for myself the the toughest emotion to deal with when it is relationships? It's the idea of correction. When I have to give or receive correction from those I love, or I have to correct those I love, I'm like that girl pulling her hair out. You know, like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's driving me nuts. We, a lot of times we don't like to receive correction or give it. But let's look at what Hosea did. This guy who is symbolizing a godly, long-lasting love. And what did he do? Let's go back to verse 3. Verse 3 of your original text. What does it say? Then I told her, and Hosea is speaking, I told her you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will live with you. See, his true lasting love for her wasn't just like, okay, it's okay, I'm going to sweep everything under the rug. No, it was for your benefit and for your relationship with God. you got to stop this. Are we willing to give correction to those that we love out of love? And are we willing to receive correction from those that we love and to accept it as love? That's a good question to ask ourselves, isn't it? Now, ultimately, the best place to get correction, the best place to be plugged in for long-lasting love, it's daily returning to God. And our last verse here in the Crosswalk Notes tells us that. 
It says here, Hosea 14, 1 to 9. Return, O Israel, to the Lord, to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Who is wise? He will realize these things. Who is discerning? He will understand them. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. You want wisdom, you want guidance, you want forgiveness, you want to love someone for the long haul, daily return to God. Daily read your Bibles. Daily have devotions. Daily talk to God in prayer. If we plug into him, we know that he will give us that motivation for the long haul, don't we? So our fourth point is this. Be in it for the long haul. Daily return to God for forgiveness, wisdom, and kindness. And guidance. Excuse me. Forgiveness, wisdom, and guidance. All right, we're done with the points. I have one last thing, and I really want you to listen here. On Valentine's Day, how do we draw hearts? They're, they're nice and pretty, aren't they? They might be pink and red, and they're nice and shaped. I would draw one, but I'm a horrible artist, but... Hearts look so nice on Valentine's Day, don't they? What does a heart really look like? If I was to pull out a human heart, it would look messy, wouldn't it? There'd be blood dripping from it. There'd be valves, you know, going this way. And it's not something pretty to look at. But we know how valuable it is, don't we? Without our heart, we die. Love can be messy. Love can be a long haul, just like my trip from Wisconsin. But I want to tell you one thing. I kept asking myself, is it worth it on this trip? Did I make a mistake? All these problems, my trailer's breaking down. People are boxing me in. I'm getting stuck in the mud. I kept asking myself, is it worth it? And I stand here today after three years of teaching high school Spanish. I loved being a teacher. And more importantly, I met a woman who I fell in love with. I have to be a little cheesy. I'm wearing a red shirt. Come on. I am so happy that God had me stick it in for the long haul there. Know that in your relationships, you will have those days where you say, is it worth it? Did I make a mistake? Is this really something I should be in for the long haul? And I want you to know that just like that heart, it's messy. But boy, it's worth it. And boy, God will bless it. And the most beautiful type of love is the love that's in it for the long haul. And always look at this story in Hosea to know that. Amen. Let's take a look at our next crosswalk steps. It says here, pick one main point and focus on it this week in your relationships with friends, family, and coworkers. Okay. The second is today, let one person know that you're in it for the long haul. Maybe give a call to someone you haven't in a while and just tell them, you know, listen, I just want to let you know that, that I love you and I always will. Okay, something simple. The last thing, meditate on and memorize Psalm 103, verse 10 and Hosea 6, 6. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have come to you today and, and heard about your love and your grace through the prophet Hosea. What an amazing story, an amazing true account 
of a man loving someone when they're unlovable. And you did that, Lord, to show love not only to your people Israel, but to show your love for us. Because Jesus, when we were at our worst, when we were still sinners, he died for us then, and he loves us. And his love shows us what it means to be proactive. And Lord, we come to you and we ask for that same type of love. We ask to love you that same way. We ask to love the people in our lives that same way. Teach us, God, that love can be messy, but it's worth it in the long haul. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name, who is our Savior, who went the distance for us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosswalk Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at crosswalkphoenix.com.